don't look back because the market is closed. Good Wednesday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was Federal Reserve Day here for the U.S. All eyes have been on this meeting for some time now and really no real surprises from our financial masters of the universe as they see themselves here. You know, the classic phrase from Bonfire of the Vanities. Kip talked about that in our midday commentary earlier today as well. And if you aren't subscribed yet on our Rumble channel, you can get those updates every day there. You also find them on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. To get our midday market commentaries uh, that we've just started doing this week as well. But looking to the Federal Reserve today, the Fed raised rates by 50 basis points. No real surprises there. That's about what was expected. Um, and also announcing that they will begin increasing their balance sheet runoff on June 1st to $47.5 billion per month and doubling that later in September as well. Uh, but there was a lot of speculation that the Fed could be raising rates by more than 50 basis points, possibly less, but it came right in about in line with market expectations here. But what's interesting about that is that that is the first time in over 20 years that the Fed has raised interest rates by more than a quarter basis point at one meeting. The last time was March 21st of 2000. Uh, not exactly great timing historically. Uh, you know, if you look back on that, the market didn't do so hot from there. But also interesting that at that meeting, the Fed funds rate was that was from six percent to six and a half percent at the time. That's a massive, massive difference from where we are today. Where going into today, our Fed funds rate was twenty-five basis points to fifty basis points. So now we're just going to 75 basis points to a whopping, get ready, one full percentage point. Believe it or not here, folks. Uh, so really, historically still phenomenally low interest rates here. And looking to the meeting as well, Jay Powell was very careful with his words about what you expect You know when he gets a question looking down, thumbing through his big book of notes to make sure that he doesn't say anything that's going to aggravate the market, send us into another taper tantrum like we've seen in previous rate hike cycles. Um, but Jay Powell did come through clutch in one factor today. And that the, he said the magic words that everybody was looking for, and that is that the Fed is not considering a rate increase of 75 basis points here now. The market really keyed off that news during his presser uh, and began to rally from there. I think a lot of people were waiting to see if the Fed was going to get even more aggressive from there. You know, we could get another meeting of a 50 basis point hike. Uh, but I think that the market really liked this today because it showed that the Fed is serious. Uh, if you tuned into Kip's podcast recently, you know that He'd like to see them just rip the Band-Aid off, raise them you know, 1%, 2% in one meeting and just get it over with. And really, if you saw something like that, it would show that the Fed has confidence that they aren't going to break things uh, by moving fast. And the market could key off of that and rally. Even a big 50 basis point hike like today gave the market some encouragement. But before I get to today's market action, you know, around these Fed meetings, 
we always like to go back through our research of you know things that we're seeing from the Federal Reserve and, and topics that we're looking for them to cover or that they're going to intentionally not cover, cover. And that's what I saw a lot of today. So I wanted to cover it here as well because there are some serious things going on at the Federal Reserve that they're definitely intentionally avoiding right now. First, that would be much outside of today's rate hike, but going back to 2019 in the Fed's repo program. Uh, back, I mean, if you remember pre-coronavirus, these overnight repo loans uh, where they weren't, they didn't say it was very secretive about where these funds were going to, but thanks to the Dodd-Frank Act of 2010, we now get to know a little bit more about that a little bit quicker than we did, say, the financial crisis, where it took 10 years to find out where that money was really going. And they have all types of different ways to get around this. Uh, so this is just really what we know. We probably won't really know what happened uh, in 2019 and in 2020 with the Fed's operations for another decade as well. But think back to 2020 during the depths of coronavirus insanity uh, when they were talking to the Federal Reserve about supporting the system and what, how were the big banks doing. And Jay Powell referred to the big banks as a source of strength for the U.S. economy. They were well-funded, right? Uh, they had the ability to weather this crisis. They had done all of the stress testing just before that. While behind closed doors, the Fed was secretly shoveling trillions upon trillions of dollars in, in cumulatively into bailout loans for both domestic, not only domestic banks, but foreign banks as well. We know a lot of this thanks to some excellent actual journalism uh, from different sources, but a main one being Wall Street on Parade. Uh, so we know from January 2020 to the end of March 2020, the Fed gave out two point, over $2.6 trillion to Citigroup, $2.8 trillion to Goldman, $3.6 trillion to JP Morgan. Yeah, but sure, they are a source of strength. Doesn't seem like they, he really believed those words. Probably just like he didn't really believe that inflation was transitory, as we've seen that it was not. But again, there's also included foreign banks, $3.84 trillion in secret repo loans went in to a French bank, the BNP Paribas Bank. That's the same bank that the US Justice, Justice Department fined $8.8 .8 billion, so nothing compared to the $3.8 trillion they got after they pled guilty to criminal charges of avoiding US sanctions and covering its tracks to do so. So they did so very intentionally. But sure, we'll give them 3.8 trillion in secret repo loans. It makes you realize that that 8.8 .8 billion dollar fine, well, that's just the cost of doing business. They don't really care about that. I mean, if I can get a 3.8 trillion dollar loan, sure, I'll give back 8.8 .8 billion of it. Uh, yeah, sure. But again, these banks are a source of strength, as Jay Powell led Congress to believe. Uh, you know, really, we should have be having Senate hearings on this. Jay Powell should have to testify under oath as to what really happened here. This is the public taxpayer's money on the line here. We deserve an explanation for what really happened and that likely won't ever happen. 
And if the more we find out, likely won't find out for years to come. Then the second topic that they avoid like the plague in these meetings, because all of these reporters, you know, they think they got a pretty good gig. They get these pre-scripted questions. They're told what to say going into it uh, and getting paid to do so. So not a bad gig for them. They don't want to ruin that. So you know they're not going to ask real questions while they're in there. And how do you, you know, if you're a reporter, a serious journalist trying to ask questions, how do you not ask about the Fed's trading scandal? That happened, I mean, over eight months ago since that scandal broke the news and we still don't get any questions from reporters. It's the worst trading scandal in the hundred that we know of, at least, in the entire history of the Federal Reserve. And yet... We haven't heard anything from the U.S. Justice Department, nothing from the SEC. We don't even get a question from reporters on it. Uh, so really, I mean, they're just <laughs> they're just flying by the seat of their pants doing whatever they want here. Uh, but again, you're not going to get those kind of questions from this these types of interview situations where in reality they should be testifying under oath to these things. But... Overall, going back to the markets here, the markets did like today's, you know, more dovish than expected news of the day. Really, the dovish tone was that they wouldn't get a 75 basis point rate hike. Uh, But of course, we got a lot of talk from Jay Powell about a soft landing here. You know, that he said it over and over again. Sounds a lot like his saying from a few months back or a year ago that inflation was transitory. You know, he can say it all he wants. It doesn't make it true. Just keep job running the market up. But overall, markets re- like this reaction on the news today. Uh, we finished higher across the board here. NASDAQ led the way up 3.19% on the day. And good to see the semis leading the NASDAQ higher. The semis finished up 3.4% on the day today. The S&P also up just right at just under barely 3%, the biggest gains for the S&P since May of 2020, so for coronavirus insanity, finishing at 4,300. Next up was the Dow, up 2.8% to 34,061. And lastly, the Russell 2000, up 2.69% to 1,949. Uh, so, you know, our theme here was that has been that we're in a bear market right now. And on the news of the day, again, with the Fed slightly more dovish than expected, got a lot of short covering here. You know, we're still right at those 52-week lows, or at least lows of the year level, so not surprising uh, to see not only shorts co- covering, but long jumping back on board. But big days like this are more typical in a bear market rally and usually are not to be trusted. But we have been at oversold levels for some time now, so we could get a few more days of this, especially if we get tech and the semis continuing to lead. I mean, everyone was bearish going into this week. Uh, so to get a, bit, a few day rally here is not to be unexpected. But if you think as we do that this is still a bear market rally, then you may get the opportunity to lighten up a little bit here Um, As we continue higher, maybe for the next couple of days or so, you know, unload some of your positions before you get a chance to buy them at lower levels as we see it before we get either, you know, looking for a double bottom here or another move lower, really looking for that capitulation 
type of event that we've been talking about a lot and really we haven't gotten it just yet. Um, but it's because really take a look at this. This really uh, puts it in some perspective. You know, people might get really excited. The bull market's back, baby. But really the only thing that changed today was that going into today, the NASDAQ was down 26% on the year. Bear market territory if you'd like to put labels on things. Well, now it's only down 23% on the year this year. Same with the semis. We're down 27% going into today. Well, now they're only down 24% on the year so far. So that's really about the only change that we can make of today's action. Too soon to tell whether or not the bear market is over. Looking at our internals on the day today, we got a big reversal from this morning's internals, which were negative across the board. We were able to finish higher with two out of our three uh, indicators here, advancing stocks, beating out declining stocks, over four to one positive on the NYSE, uh, just over two and a half to one positive for the NASDAQ. 52 week highs to lows continue to come in weak, uh, but after this morning's lower trading, really that's about to be expected. And lastly, volume coming in very positive today, over seven to one positive for the NYSE and over four to one positive for the NASDAQ. Looking at our sectors on the day, we finished with all 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today. We were led by energy. Oil was up big day, up a big 5%. Energy stocks though, hitting another 52 week high for XLE, the energy ETF up over 4% on the day. We were followed there by communication services, tech and materials. Our laggards, if you want to call them that because they were all higher, were real estate, consumer staples, and healthcare. Finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch Gold, now up just over 7 tenths of 1% to 1,883 an ounce. Silver, now up a bigger 1.75% to $23.06 an ounce. Keep climbing the ladder here. Copper, up just over 2% to $4.37 a pound. And oil, as I mentioned earlier, up over 5.6, now to $107 a barrel. And lastly for today, Bitcoin, now up over 5.7% on the day, trying to get back to $40,000 of Bitcoin at $39,880 a Bitcoin now. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.